the diet industry is also learning that the word diet is kind of a off-limits word. You don't want to call yourself a diet anymore because the statistics are that diets fail 95 to 98% of the time. Welcome to the Imperfect Party, where nobody's perfect, and that's worth celebrating. I'm your host, Deanna Seymour, and I'm so happy you're here. Let's just do this thing, shall we? Remember in the last episode when I was crying my face off because I feel like I don't make cool things anymore? Well, I decided to stop crying about it and start making stuff. So I started a Kofi site where I'll post all the things I'm making. It's at www.ddmakes.com. Like a D, a D, M A K E S.com. It's what I'm making. I'm Didi, and it's what I'm making. Check it out. Okay, real quick before we start, I just want to say that this episode might not be for everyone. We are going to dive into diet culture, eating disorders, and disordered eating. So if you think that might be a rough listen for you, you might consider skipping this episode. Debbie shares her personal journey battling drugs and anorexia and how using social media to share the ideas around around diets don't work and health at every size has helped her heal. Debbie is a 65-year-old grandma whose passion is to educate people of all sizes, races, ages, sexual identities of the dangers of diet culture and the societal ideals to keep everyone thin. She fights the mainstream ideals with her pages, Diets Don't Work on Facebook as well as Instagram, and she's just doing awesome stuff. So let's just do this thing. Hello, Debbie. How's it going? Okay. How are you? I'm good. I'm seriously, I really am so excited that you agreed to talk to me. I kind of feel like you're a celebrity. I feel like you have a really big following online. Oh, goodness. Please don't call me a celebrity. (laughs) (laughs) Are you an influence? Like, do you call yourself an influencer? I feel like you have numbers people would be like a little jealous of. Yes, I have just started saying, okay, I am an influencer. I just hit 66,000 on Instagram today. And I'm growing at about 200 a day, (laughs) which just blows my mind that Something that I took on as a very selfish venture has really taken off and people are enjoying what they're getting or learning or it's inspiring them or whatever it is that's happening right now. So, Well, okay. So tell tell everybody a little bit about what you do and who what you do that 66,000 people want to tune in. I love it. <laughs> um I have a Instagram account. I also have a Facebook page that are called Diets Don't Work. And what I do is debunk all the ideas that we have learned about diet culture and weight stigma and all the various diets and working on uh, body positivity, fat liberation, health at every size, intuitive eating. I just put it all out there, kind of a combination of things every day. Uh, I make five posts a day and um, they just, uh, it, it blows my mind to see that five or 6,000 people will like the particular post. And so often it's on ones that I think, oh, it'll get some reaction, but not <laughs> as many as I expected to. Um, I really... I started it all out because I had an eating disorder. 
Now, I have dealt with anorexia since I was very small and I am currently 65. I found recovery two years ago and I found it through intuitive eating. I've been in multiple treatment centers and I would just come back out and do my thing and just say, no, you've put too much weight on me. And I would go back to not eating. And on top of all that, I had a drug addiction to uh, painkillers and, and diazepam um, and just a lot of drugs that were not good and, and, and um, uh, laxatives diet pills, you name it. I was taking a ton of it. And every time I got out of a treatment center, I'd have about six weeks worth of, okay, I can do this. And then I'd get frustrated with the amount of weight they put on me and I'd go right back into it. Well, four years ago, I entered my last treatment center and I was in outpatient therapy with them for about two years. I went through a year of inpatient residential, their, all their programs for about a year and then went to outpatient. And again, I was fighting them. I'm like, no, you, I put too much weight on. You've got to do something about this. You've got to let me lose weight. And they would say, no, we can't let you lose weight. You can't, can't drop weight. We can't restrict your food any further. And so I found out about intuitive eating and I went, okay, I think I can do this. I think I can do this. Except that when you've had anorexia for as long as I have, your hunger cues are kind of, they're gone. They're kind of disappeared. And so what I tried to do wasn't really working. And then I finally found some people online that could help me decipher what was going on. But Two years ago, when I started on this intuitive eating journey, I said to my dietitian at the time, I'm going to eat five times a day. I am going to eat and I will do it. And it happened to be in a January. And that January of 2019, I got so frustrated with all of the diets, ads, and all of the exercise programs and everybody loading up with your new year's resolution resolutions for diets and weight and all of that and I said I have to find a way to keep myself from jumping into that because they were very appealing to me and I kept thinking well I do this diet or that diet I can lose some of this weight well I knew that I could not do that because they've told me you know one more diet could kill me I I died a couple times before um literally um, and my heart stopped and they had to bring me back, uh, because I got down so desperately low that oh my, my heart would stop. Yeah. And so I had to find a way to keep myself from getting there. And I started making posts on my personal Facebook page that just, I, with the hashtag diets don't work. And it yep. went over so well <laughs> that somebody encouraged me to start a page. Well, I did. In April of 2019, I started the Diets Don't Work page. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and then in July, I said, well, this is going so well, I'm going to throw it on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And then in July of 2019, I started making my posts on Instagram. And from there, it, it has just grown. Like I said, it was a very selfish venture on my part because I needed something to keep me 
uh, intact, keep me from jumping into another diet or another exercise program. Yeah. Would you say, would you say, because for me, so I am recently learned about intuitive eating and I'm working on that. I have never struggled with anorexia, but I have been on diets since <laughs> third grade and never, you know, happy with myself and just have yo-yoed, I guess they call it and whatever. Like I just have struggled. And I mean, I guess not officially, but I'm sure I have some sort of disordered eating. Um, like you're talking about the hunger cues. I'm a very like emotional eater. Mm -hmm. I'm learning the difference between like, I don't think I actually binge, but there's definitely some crossover there with like, um, you know, over like comfort food and, you know, just not processing emotions, like using like a little bit of addiction, maybe I'm not sure. But um, so I'm with you on the struggle and also seeing those diets and being like, oh, I don't know, maybe like, I don't because with the beginning of intuitive eating, like I've put on weight um, by not restricting and trying to learn my hunger cues. It it is like it feels tempting. And I was going to ask for you, it's almost like, does it help you? Sometimes it helps me to get get mad. Like I know some of your posts just point out how ridiculous the whole thing is for me, like staying a little bit mad sort of helps me not fall for it. Does that work for you? Yes, sometimes. Sometimes it does. Uh, I am not typically um, uh, from childhood on my emotions were kind of non-existent. I had to block out a lot of things because of what happened to me as a child. And um, so I didn't have much emotions. And it just recently I'm saying hey, that made me angry. Oh, that's how that feels. Oh, I didn't know that. But so, yes, I get angry. And there are some things that really will make me angry online, you know, with the, I hate to say it like this, but the trolls that come at me and, you know, really fight me that I am glorifying obesity and I'm out to kill people and I should be killed because of my stance on health at every size. And it it gets a little irritating at times, but I am learning to hit that stupid little block button, you know, yeah. like I'm not even going to argue with you. This is what you wanted. You wanted me to get mad. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give it to you, you know? Yeah. But oh, that's great. Those are the things that make me mad. Um, I have a lot of sorrow over the people that I talk to, a lot of sadness for people I talk to, uh, people like you who have struggled with weight and eating. And you may not have an eating disorder, but I can tell you, you do have some disordered eating habits. And 25% of people who go on a diet end up with an eating disorder. And an eating disorder is the second highest mental illness in mortality. I mean, by eating disorders, they, they, they're they the second highest. Only to opioid addiction um, kills wow. more people. Eating disorders kill second highest on all mental illnesses. So you think about this. Okay, so now we've got people dieting. And of those dieters, 25% of them are going to develop an eating disorder. And when they get an eating disorder, one out of one every 52 minutes dies. Somebody with an eating disorder dies every 52 minutes. And do you want to take that chance? Do you really want to take that chance? Is is your 
opinion of yourself or what you think other people are thinking of you that important to you that you want to take the chance that you might die from this. And so uh, that makes me sad because I watch these people. They ask me questions. I talk to people. One thing I know that I have done with my page is that I respond to every direct message. I respond to every comment. Um, you know, if they're asking a question, I, I will respond. And I know that has helped me grow. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, you're helping so many people. You have such a vast knowledge of experience behind you to, you know, know all this and also have so much empathy for the people who are kind of going going through those same kind of things. Yes, that is very true. And in doing this page and this account, I have learned an awful lot. I mean, I have researched, I have, I have files of all of the various studies on various things, you know, how sugar isn't addictive and how diets fail and the obesity uh, epidemic is really not an obesity epidemic. It's a weight stigma epidemic. And I have all of the the documents, the health documents, the peer-reviewed studies to show where I'm pulling all this information. So yes, I have the information and I have the empathy. I feel so bad for so many of these people and I want to help them. And I'm not a counselor. I'm not, I have no counseling training. This is all just lived experience. And I do tell people when I'm talking to them, I don't have a degree to do this. This is just lived experience. So, you know, you, you have to take it for what it's worth. I mean, I'm an accountant by trade, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, yeah, that's where it all started and that's where it's going. And I am impressed with the amount of podcasts that I've been asked to do and articles I've written. And uh, it's just, it blows my mind to think that it's taken off like it is. I have some statistics on my Instagram account that shows last week I touched 332,000 people. And it's wow. like, what the, it's just little old me, you know, I'm just, I'm just a 65 year old grandmother who happened to start something and it has taken off. So that's what I do. That's where I've come from. That is so awesome. What would you say are like some of the facts that you've learned through all your research that really made you be like, what? Because sometimes when I research some of this, I just really feel like, man, the jig is up. Like we've been tricked, you know, oh. like what are what are some of the things you've learned that you are just like in awe that we pretty much have been conditioned to almost believe the opposite of some of the some of the things we find out in research? Well, I mean, all the various diets that are out there and the diet industry is also learning that the word diet is kind of a off limits word. You don't want to call yourself a diet anymore because the statistics are that diets fail 95 to 98% of the time. And of that two to 5% that make it, that actually keep the weight off longer than five years, um, 25% of those people will develop an eating disorder. So it's like, just think about that 95 to 98%. So you've got a thousand people, you'll have maybe 
50 people that will keep it off longer than five years. Mm-hmm. If you had that kind of odds on a medication, on a surgery, <laughs> any of that, you would not take it. You would not do it. You would find a way to something else. And the that's probably the biggest one. People don't believe it. People say, oh, no, I, I lost weight and I kept it off. And then they started another diet. Well, then the first one didn't work. And so now they're choosing a third diet. Well, I didn't work hard enough. And the diet industry has even put the blame on the individual for not um, completing the uh, diet. You know, they lost interest. They lost willpower. They lost motivation. It has nothing to do with the fact that you cannot restrict food from your body and expect it to be sustainable. You cannot do it because your body is wired to protect you. And it's going to protect you by giving you the urges and the cravings for the foods that you have restricted. And so that's the biggest statistic that stands out to me. And the, the other one that is heartbreaking to me is that somebody is dying every 52 minutes from an eating disorder. I know I said that already, but that, that is earth shattering. And to me, you know, I, I, I go, I know in treatment and making friends in treatment and all that. And I look at them and we want to talk with a therapist and I'm like, I am not going to be a statistic. I am not going to be one of those 52, one every 52 minutes. I am not going to do that. And it took so much to try and get to that point where I can say, nope, I'm not going to be a statistic. You know, I am not. And that, the page, the account, they are my safety net. Um, Yeah. I was going to say, do you think doing those pages is what one of the reasons you've been able to keep going? Absolutely. Absolutely. I know that is why um, last year during COVID, I had a really rough time. You know, it was just really hard to keep up with the work I was doing online and making the posts and being home all alone. And nobody was around. Nobody knew whether I was eating or not eating. There was no accountability. And it's like, okay, I'm just not going to eat because I'm going to lose weight. It's a good, good time to do that. You know, nobody knows anything. And, um, doctor's appointments are only online. They can't really see me, you know, Mm -hmm. and I slipped for a while during COVID during March, April. And the one thing that pulled me back was of course, the reality of these people are depending on me. People are counting on me to put this stuff out there. And as I'm putting stuff out there for them, it's also entering my heart, my mind, my psyche. You know, I can't, I can't let these people down. And so that, that was a benefit to me, you know, obviously that I had this group that was depending on me and it kept me focused and was able to pull out of it. And you know, so that's awesome. People have been talking to a lot about um, with COVID, you know, oh, putting on weight with COVID and oh. um, all that stuff, which I feel like can be pretty triggering for some people. And a little I mean, a little bit, I have to be honest, for me, like, 
I started my intuitive eating journey a little bit before COVID. And so it is like a little scary to be like, okay, I'm going to go hang out with friends I haven't seen in a long time. And I'm trying to be more body positive. And I feel like I've made a lot of segue in that or like a lot of progression in that area. But it still crosses my mind. Like if I'm going to see somebody I haven't seen in a year, I'm like, which I don't weigh myself, but I just know that I think I might be a little bigger. Clearly, there's still work for me (laughs) to be done. But I think it's just because everybody's talking about it. Like, oh, you know, some people got healthy and some people, you know, got fat or like there's this conversation around it. That drives me absolutely crazy because, you know, there's nothing wrong with, I'm going to say it, with being fat. There is Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with gaining weight. I have gained more weight than I thought I should in recovery. Um, I am now fat and I had to seriously fight my internal fat phobia to get to a point where I actually accept my body. I mean, for the first two years out of re- out of treatment, I was like, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. You know, I just yeah. really was disgusted with my body. You can't make me this fat. And I had to fight it. And the uh, my first dietitian, uh, outpatient dietitian, handed me the book Health at Every Size. And I took mm-hmm. it and I read the first chapter and I gave it back to her and I said, no. I can't read this because that means I have to accept being fat and I can't accept being fat. And um, now I preach the book, you know, I I, I put it out there. There's nothing wrong with being fat, but the COVID, COVID COVID-15, COVID-19, whatever it is, you know, people are afraid to get together with friends because they have put on weight. And that just tells you how fat phobic the society we live in is because yeah. everybody's so afraid of that um and what people are going to think you know mm-hmm. um, it's like we survived a, a global pandemic and now we're worried about 15 pounds like give me right. a break it's crazy talk but it's like so prominent it's it, mm-hmm. uh, that's right yeah. your body survived a pandemic you you should <laughs> be grateful it survived you know whatever you did worked you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. (sighs) The fat phobic jokes that are out there about it, the fat phobic memes and, oh, they drive me crazy. I have unfriended a few people because of their, oh, I'm not going to be that COVID-15 person. You just watch, you know, and, or uh, the the memes that they put out were absolutely horrible. And I, I, yeah, unfollowed them. I I mean, I unfriended them even. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get them out of there. Well, you know, I'm actually, uh, it's funny because while we're talking, you just use social media in such a positive way that I recently actually gave up all my social media. On on May 1st, I got off all social media. Wow. So I'm sitting here thinking, oh, but there are good things. You know, like for <laughs> me, it was just like, I was just probably spending too much time and I just thought, oh, I miss I miss the 90s when we didn't do this all the time and everybody's always scrolling. So I just kind of was like, I'm going full force just off of everything. But um, I just wanted to say, wow, you're doing really good stuff on there. So then it's making me like change my tune a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) No, follow your heart. (laughs) 
Well, I'm just I if more people did awesome things on social media all the time, then maybe. Um, but like you said, there are the trolls and there are people who like who do really feel it's it's very bizarre because it's like maybe you find this. I don't know. But that people almost feel like personally attacked, like people who are maybe even in the wellness space, which is really just like the new word for diet. You got um, it. <laughs> the code word mm-hmm. but those people really get angry about um you know anti-diet stuff they just really feel like it's like attacking that don't you think they take it personally sometimes oh, or what? my goodness. what's going on with yes. them i'm sitting here shaking my head yes yeah. everything you're saying right now <laughs> but absolutely they just take it very personally and how can i say that you know keto is a diet or that noom is a diet or or I'm just doing wellness programs or I'm doing a detox. Well, I'm sorry. They're all diets. I don't care what it is. Yeah, I don't care what you call it. If you are restricting any portion of any food group, you are on a diet. You are restricting the nutrients that are going into your body. Yes, you need carbs. I don't care what they tell you about keto and Atkins and all that. Your body uses carbs to operate your brain. You know, (laughs) the cognitive dysfunction with people on keto has got to be enormous because your brain operates off of carbs. And they- oh my gosh. In college, I remember a story in college when I worked, I worked at a tattoo shop when I was in art school. I was like the girl in the front of the shop, you know, who like cop- made, cop- I didn't tattoo anybody, uh, but I tried to do Adkins and uh-huh. the all the guys who worked there were like, will someone get her a piece of bread? Like she is so angry. She's so cranky. And it was true. Like it's like head, it's just awful. And then they make you think, oh, that's because you're addicted to it. You know, the whole sugar addiction or the carb addiction, whatever. They have an answer for everything, I feel. But really, I was not, I was not in good shape. Everybody was like, just give her bread. I needed a piece of bread. Right. Yeah. And keto in particular was developed for small children with a very rare strain of epilepsy. It was not meant to go out to the general public. But somebody must have tried it and saw that they lost weight on it and figured, hey, this is this is going to make me some money. And mm-hmm. they did. And so, you know. Well, I just all. think it's so sad because the whole industry is really like you just nailed it. It's about making money. It's not yep. really about helping anybody because clearly it leads to disordered eating, eating disorders, deaths. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like that is it's not helping anybody. No. Um, and also, I just wanted to point out to you, you were like talking about restricting, not restricting food. And I feel like sometimes people who hear about body positivity or fat activism think that we're saying don't eat any healthy foods, like only eat oh Cheetos or something. You know, I'm like, no, we're saying don't restrict, which also would mean don't restrict the salad. Like you can literally eat whatever you want. That's right. <laughs> restricting we're not mad about health food either. Like it's. No, if you're intuitive eating, you are not going to live off of pizza and hamburgers and Cheetos and all of that kind of stuff. You are going to have a variety of things. Nothing is off limits. If you want that piece of cake, you eat the piece of cake. If you want a candy bar, eat the candy bar, but you're still going to eat your meat and your potatoes and, 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 
vegetables. And I, I said to somebody yesterday that was here visiting, and I said, if I could live off of vegetables, I would, you know, but I also know that I can eat the potato chips that are in the closet, in the cabinet, or I can eat the candy that's in the refrigerator and not be, it won't do anything to my body, you know? Yeah. Well, and once you're allowed to mentally, it just makes them a lot less appealing. Like your brain is like, I mean, I'm allowed if I want them. So it's not like, oh man, I really, really want. Like I remember, you know, I told you I've been on diet since third grade. Yep. I feel like every time I go on a diet, you see a commercial on TV and you're like, oh man, that looks like the best. I need to get a Taco Bell. Like as soon as you start a diet, everything on the commercials looks so good. But if you're not worried about it, you don't even notice them. Right. Right. And so it's a mental thing too. Yes, it is. It's a mental restriction. And you have to give up that mental restriction with intuitive eating or your body still thinks you are restricting and you'll find you're wanting those items. Anyhow, you've got to say all foods are allowed and not feel guilty for eating the candy bar or the Lucky Charm cereal or whatever it is, you yeah. know, you, you mm-hmm. can, you could eat any of that without any shame or guilt and not, yeah, if you have been starving yourself for a long time, you're likely to put on weight. Yeah, you mm-hmm. are. I'm going to tell you because you're trying to keep your body at a weight that is not natural for your body. And it's going to find your set point, And that is a weight that your body is happy at where you're living your life and eating and playing and doing whatever it is you want without any concern about food, without worrying about missing a workout or something. And we're not intuitive eating is not against. I, I, I hesitate to use the word healthy because healthy has, yeah. has changed beatings. Um, you know, it, it, we're not we're not against anything healthy. I mean, it's not that you're going to give up and just let yourself go. You know, I I take better care of myself now than I ever did when I was restricting, you know, Mm -hmm. and gosh, I mean, with movement, with food, I eat more vegetables now than I have in my entire life, you know, and I'm eating intuitively. I'm eating what I want. So, um, yeah, we need to make sure that they, it, it, nobody gets the idea that this is a permission for a free for all. I mean, yeah, it is, <laughs> but you're not going to do that. Your body no, is going to say, I don't like that, you know. Yeah, I feel like there's, I'm sure there's like a kid's book somewhere or something. Like, I feel like when I was little, I read something called like Chocolate Fever and everything he touched turned to a chocolate bar and he was so excited at first. But then when all you eat is chocolate, you get a tummy ache. Then you're like, oh, well, that's not that great either. You know, like, and it might even be that you give up restricting and you have some time where you're like, oh my gosh, yes, I get to do what I want, you know, and, but you're going to, it's going to come back. Like you said, it's going to level out. It's going to get not that exciting anymore. You know, I use the analogy of with COVID last year in March or April, everybody went crazy with toilet paper. You remember yeah. <laughs> everybody was hoarding toilet paper. Well, people were afraid they weren't going to be able to get toilet paper. So what did they do? They go out and they buy 10, 12 packages of toilet paper and they hoard them in the house. And every time they go out, they pick up more toilet paper because what happens if there isn't any that yeah. you're, you are doing the exact same thing with your body? You know, it says, 
oh, she's not giving us potatoes or she's not giving us carbs. Uh oh, we better, you know, we better eat all these carbs up because we're not, we don't know when we're going to get them again. You know, yeah. it, mm-hmm. and your body does the same thing. It's, uh, it, it knows when you yeah. are feeling like you shouldn't be eating this, that, or the other thing, it's going to give you warnings and give you cravings. And that's why people think they're addicted because they have restricted it for so long. And then all of a sudden they get it and they eat whole bunches, you know, a whole lot of food or whatever it is that they were avoiding. And it has nothing to do with it being addicted. It has to do with being restricted. Exactly. Oh my gosh. There's so much we could go (laughs) on and on and on. I really just love what you're doing. It's so funny that you said to, I think you said something earlier that made me think of this, but you said you reply to everyone. I was like, you do? Because when I sent my email to see if you would come on my podcast, I was like, I don't know. This is kind of a big, this is a big dog. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. And um, <laughs> like you said, yes, right away. And I was like, oh my gosh. So um, I just, I'm really just impressed, I guess, that you're just a regular lady. I, I love it. <laughs> I am just a regular lady. You're just a human. <laughs> yes, I am. I, I just do this, you know, in my spare time, sort of. Um, (laughs) um, I have uh, two grandchildren. I have a nine-year-old and a two-year-old. And I watch the two-year-old all day long. Um, He he and I are together from six to two every day. And um, I get my granddaughter occasionally. Um, You know, when she gets home from school, I see her in the morning before she goes to school. And um, I'm usually gone by the time she gets home from school. But I'm over there a lot. I spend a lot of my time over there, but, and then in the meantime, I do my posts and create, um, you know, conversations with people and uh, I am just a regular person. (laughs) Just the regular late, just a regular grandma hanging out with a two-year-old taking down diet culture, one follower at a time. That's right. I'm so inspired. (laughs) Debbie, you are awesome. Also, my mom's name is Debbie, so shout out to all the Debbies in the world. (laughs) It was that age group. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just want to thank you one more time for coming on here. This was so awesome. Great. So um, everybody can follow you. I'll put all the um, links to all your stuff in the show notes. But I, you know, if there's going to be ever a reason I get back on social media, it's probably going to be you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) It's been All great right. talking to you. Thanks All for right. having me on. Well, thank you for coming. I will keep in touch. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. I think it's awesome that somebody using social media has helped so many people and has also helped Debbie stay on track with her recovery. You know, I feel the same way sort of about my dance parties that I'm doing right now. You know, there's some days I don't feel like doing it. And if it was just me, I might not do it. But since I've committed, And, you know, someone might be there ready to dance with me. I better get it together and go dance, you know? So sometimes doing things like that or reaching out to community, it really helps us stay accountable. So whatever that looks like for you and whatever you're struggling with, if there's a way that you can sort of build some sort of community or accountability around it, I think it's really going to help. So anyways, to get all the links mentioned in today's show, head on over to DeannaSeymour.com slash diets don't work because they don't y'all 
Woohoo! You just finished another episode of the Imperfect Party Podcast. Woo woo! <laughs> if you know anyone who should totally hear this episode, can you do me a favor and send it to them? Oh, and don't forget to hit subscribe and leave a review so more people can find their way to our little shindig. And remember, nobody's perfect. Let's party! See you next time!